Okay.
Welcome to Thought Rail Radio. Call in now. 646-929-1480. Now your host, Anti-Crisis 73 and NCAP Dalek. Control of the rails, and that is six four six nine two nine one four eight zero. And I don't know what the Skype number is, but one day I will. So let's let's see our host, Antichrist seventy three, and Antichrist Cactus, and yeah, it's Christopher Walken, I think, not Robert, uh, but uh, it it is, um, and an outstanding uh, little uh, bumper there. I guess they call it in the business. Yeah, thank God, Nick. Nick, I'm still an amateur. If, if I was anything but an amateur, I might mistake this for work. And then, obviously, the way my human brain is conditioned, um, I would start to dislike it. So I try to keep it as amateur as possible, um, tongue-in-cheek. But uh, fucking good evening or good uh, good morning, depending on what side of the world you're on. But uh, welcome to Third Rail Radio. Dalek, my brother, how are you, man? I've been doing really well, um, and uh, within current events, you know, we see a lot of people like uh, like in Denver, um, you know, kind of just uh, get arrested, 10 people arrested for having a tiny house, for having a living place where, you know, people can actually live in and stay in there for their own lives, and this is a huge booming community of people. And uh, I've seen so many YouTube, you know, shows about it, and there are so many things that, like, is very interesting about it. And you know what? I'm kind of thinking maybe why not try to get into it. And uh, that's a, a good topic of discussion. Um, we should discuss in order to have a little tiny home village, probably in Denver or in Vermont or in many other areas that we can help people out. I mean, exploit them. Yes, exploit them. Um because the capitalist inside me, because the capitalist inside me wants to, and I love it. All right, well, all right, well then, can we put parameter? Can we define exploit? Uh, because I think I think you're I think what you're saying is is genuine. I think you're being you're being genuine, and then when you use the word exploit. Um, it's kind of like it would be taking advantage of them. Um, well, what I mean, the hell did okay. happen in De- in Denver? So on October 24th, I, I think it was, uh, the Denver police took out um, an officially recognized sustainability park, um, a city of Denver property, 
uh, owned by the city of Denver municipality um, and run by Denver Homeless Out Loud. And it was raided by good old DPD, the Denver Police Department, um, And it doesn't really say at the time of this article, obviously it does now. It must have been criminal trespass, I would guess. Um, But it was built with city money and raided with city money. Oh, boy, this is genius. These fucking douchebags. Um, So I don't – I I did hear about this, uh, um, Dallas, as you know, I've been interested in, in, you know, this kind of community – uh, for a long time, I lived uh, on 11 acres in Vermont um, and, uh, you know, had, had been um, looking into this sort of thing um, for a long time and kind of just been dragging my my feet and, and procrastinating and, and putting things in front of it. But um, uh, clearly there's a big need for it. But explain, what would you like to do with it? Like, I mean, because I know where your heart is at. It's 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 about helping. Um, so, yeah. what 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 are you envisioning? Okay, so my my own opinion in uh, how this is going to work. Okay, so uh, you would first ever, you know, what these people did was uh, just think that maybe city par- property was such a great idea just to put that in. And in my own opinion, when you're dealing with, you know, government public, quote-unquote, public property, you're not really going to have the greatest of times. So first off, I'm going to keep it private. I would have my own security force, you know, just to kind of keep people at bay, you know, and also to keep those fucking assholes away from our fucking own little community. And we're, we would protect them to our customers and our residents to the fullest extent that we can. Also, I would have a uh, little supermarket because, you know, that, like, the food up there, like, food over here in Grand Junction and uh, around the Colorado area is actually pretty cheap, believe it or not. The produce, I mean, people just sell that shit pretty cheap. And I would actually buy that and then use that for... uh, And And you can glean as well. Oh, also, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, that's we throw away more country than more food in this country than we eat. You know, it's it's ridiculous, Um, and not not just not just you know scraped from plates into garbage bins at at restaurants, Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, institutionally, we waste uh, a staggering amount of fucking food. It is it's. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry. Go, go ahead. But yeah. And when you come to a pause, I want to read this description of what happened um, at the tiny home community and just point out the absurdity of the whole thing. So yeah. uh, um, just remind me to. Don't let me forget. Yeah, don't worry. I won't. Um, so it's just kind of like really, really interesting that, you know, they're going to do it around public property. Well, that's not really the greatest, and even though it's vacant, you know, it's government property. They're not going to give two flying fucks about So private property, uh, private security forces for, you know, around this community. And then after that, I would have, like, a little supermarket and plus a restaurant, and everything that the necessities that these people need, we will have. 
And now go I ahead love, and I, go. I love it. Now, how how would you how would you finance it? How would you pay for it? From um, like uh, yes, yes. So basically, I mean, it is a kibbutz, investors. Right? It, and I, I I would love to. I wish somebody could call in and report on um, the uh, the condition of the kibbutz um, in Israel and in, in present day Israel. Um, is, it, is it still like a wholesome thing? Is it like partial settler kibbutz? Like what what's going on with the kibbutz? That could be a tangent for later down the road. Um, but um, well, you no, you can't you can't really. You you can get uh, marijuana is fat soluble, so you could steep marijuana in milk, Nick, as long as it was whole milk and had enough fat to absorb the. Yeah, I mean the, not really two percent milk. But no, not two percent or. I mean, it would have to be like real. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Thanks, Glenn. If you want to call in and talk, because that really ha- I've I've wanted that for a while. I mean, don't think I make any bones about uh my stance on uh, on the, the Israeli machine, but uh, yeah. at least maybe it was just my 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 shelter growing up. But I had for a long time viewed the kibbutz as a good thing, um, sort of a, a, a 2.0 commune um, with a little less LSD and a little more organization. Um, you know, and I, I think that's. Uh, <sighs> That's the true LOL right there. Um, But, uh, oh, Jesus, he made me lose my train of thought. As if I have any fucking trouble doing that as it is. That was excellent. But, um, yeah, I I think think, uh, it has turned around to a militarized sort of semi-zealot sort of institution. That was classic Nick right there. But um, so back to this tiny hole thing. So can I read this real quick? This is pretty outrageous. Absolutely. Uh, take it, take it I, away. I don't, I don't mean it's just a short paragraph. But uh, uh, Saturday, October 24th, about 70 Denver Police Department and Denver Sheriff's Department officers, including SWAT units under orders from Mayor Michael Hancock, descended on Sustainability Park and arrested Sustainability Park, by the way, is capitalized, so it's a thing, and arrested 10 community members who, along with many others, were in the process of setting up a tiny home village to be occupied and managed by houseless people. The arrests on charges of trespassing were followed by the destruction and removal of several tiny homes which the group had constructed for houseless community members to live in. The group, led by Denver Homeless Out Loud and composed of houseless Denver Homeless Out Loud is also capitalized. It's a thing. Organization houses people and had been constructing tiny homes and trying to find a location for the village for over a year. But due to zoning and code constraints, they have not been able to find the legal place to put the houses. All right. So, um, okay, so at the very fundamental level here, if you have any initiative without the um may uh, without the approved um uh, uh sort of um permission from the apparatus and having gone through jumped all through the hoops like school and all that bullshit 
uh, if you have any ambition at all um, to pull yourself up, you're essentially uh, arrested, charged with criminal trespassing. And not only that, but these, you know, structures that they have built were destroyed. That's a little punitive, don't you think, Alex? Yeah, it's like the reason why, like, I've always said, like, private property always trumps everything. And that's why, like, private security forces, like, you know, private police and other things, you know, is because, you know, these people, you know, they'll always block off, you know, things that are actually desirable in a society or a culture, you know. So now this is like everybody says the corporations does this. Well, governments do it, too. And that's the problem. And when I hear about like the whole argument about the roads, you know, oh well, if we give privacy, if we give people, you know, private roads, well, they would, you know, put it around the toll roads. Well, you know, there's one, there's more than one way to actually pay for roads. You know, you can actually use a crowdfunding source. Uh, you could ask companies since they're right nearby, right nearby it. Uh, you could. Uh, Give it to them. I mean, you could just say, hey, we want this amount of money since it's, like, coming right nearby across the road that you're working with. And that private property has been much more effective, much more efficient, and has been a lot more um, uh, seen a little bit more uh, better uh, uh, better fruition than most yeah. other government agencies. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I definitely recognize sort of the innovation and the need to go for something like that, to go back to a private security force. Uh, how would you deal with people who are like, whoa, isn't that like kind of like, uh, your, you know, the uh, black water for, for the property or something? I mean, they would have to be non-threatening, non-armed, sort of like part of the community. Like, it's tough. Like, you think about Occupy Wall Street, one of the big uh, downfalls of that was uh, wherever, whatever the source came from, um, you know, it started getting too out of control and a lot of violence, like, happening right within the camps. And that was extremely difficult to uh, police without um, human nature taking taking grasp and, and all of a sudden one of these people who were uh, you know tasked with kind of security or police like you know kind of getting out of touch with their, their actual authority um, but uh, you know for, for long, I mean that would have to be a delicate subject but at the same time that population of people within that you know uh, community would have to be um, kept safe from the outside because I think that the danger is uh, greater, right? As yeah. we see in Denver. What's weird about Denver is that the fucking the city paid for the land for the homeless people to be on it. So I don't understand what freaked them out so much. Was it the actual quasi uh, permanence of the structures? I have no idea. Like it's so it it really is interesting uh, how this you know thing is going on with the the whole situation and um I'm hoping that you know they can actually fix it up I mean and when we have like like when these people actually go around there is always an alternative I think that's one of the better things about a solution so 
uh, like I said, private property, putting it like through, you know, uh, try to grab like water, electricity, um, have a good grounded amount of food with meat, vegetables, and hell, even have a garden. Like I bet you, people would love to have that, and especially like homeless people. I bet you they're. I bet you they would work uh, in the garden, try to uh, help their own community for you know just trying to live and pay off their rent. Yeah, too. It, it, it's a. I mean, going on this thread, it's amazing. Um, you know how 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 little you can do for either somebody or uh, just you know, um, a soup kitchen or something like that, uh, that really makes a big difference. Like fucking you volunteer once a month, that, that fills a big void. Um, you know, whether it's just chopping carrots, onions, and celery for soup or, uh, serving at mealtime, you know, um, it's, it's those small things. Um, it, you know, I, I've, I've often thought of this tiny home community and combining it kind of with uh, like a, a creative hacker space. So there was like a built-in source of revenue. Um, and, and I'm not going to lie to you, one of my major concerns, one of, one of the things that I kept running into while, you know, uh, writing the business plan was uh, the financial structure that would be equitable uh, and just figuring out how what is the maximum amount of humans that you can have in one space that have a long-term chance of getting along. I mean, that's uh, got to be an honest question you have to ask. It, that's I a very interesting question. Um so I'm sorry, I, I had to. No, it's all good. I Anyways, think you're quite um, the line. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, like you said, like uh, what would like be the maximization? I, th- I think when you're trying to uh, ask people, okay, so here is our pitch, here's our sales pitch, to basically say, oh yeah, we're gonna have a hacker, or a hacker kind of reservation. For individuals to live part-time or more permanently with also homeless people and also having this great fucking garden, which would which would be pretty cool. I mean, I would do it. Um, now, I don't know what kind of uh, investors that you're targeting for this uh, community or at least the starter project. Um, and another question that you also put up to fruition is that how many people would there have to be in order for people to go ahead and be like, you know, get along? Um, I mean, we can definitely see there's a lot of drama like going on from one part and another, you know, within our own community. Uh, so it would be pretty interesting. I don't know who, like how, why, and what are like the the nitpicks or the uh, the complications of it? But I think it would be probably coming around up to for like a small niche community of people. I, I would guess probably uh, upwards of twelve to ten people. But if you're having like a little bit more of a permanent residence, kind of like a a trailer park, except a little bit more small scale. Eh, eh. Um, I'm with you. Oh, and I think your number sounds reasonable too. It would be for larger scale of that, 
that would be around 40 people. And so, and they would have a little more square footage per person or per family. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that like that sounds reasonable. Um, all right, let's we'll, let's just take uh, a 10-acre plot in my. And who the fuck knows how I came up with this? Um, but I pretty much I pretty much figured that to grow food year round, um, which would uh, mean having a home with a big enough food cellar to store during the winter, and um, like a solarium or a sunroom. Yeah, I mean basically, what I mean with Alec and I aren't talking about reinventing the wheel. Maybe maybe it's just putting a uh yeah exactly just putting maybe a little bit of a nicer facade on it um <laughs> you know i mean i mean it's trailer parks are are uh, i mean those an interesting cultural phenomenon um <laughs> well i mean i i unfortunately i out of all the sort of the the setting i did i that that is Essentially, the conclusion I came up to, Glenn, is that like group living is doomed. There's just too many variables to take into consideration. But I'm also neurotic, so maybe that was I was taking in too many you know variables. Um, and it, you know, I'm not trying to sound cynical. It's just that um, mixing you know natural dynamics together isn't easy. Um, <laughs> It's like, it's yes, like okay, yeah. If church equals fail, yes. I, I will say that. Uh, you can already see that Starbucks has this been doomed for the last time, but, so don't worry. I can understand that. Um, but no, but, no, but simply because it has in the past doesn't mean it needs to in, in, in the future. And I think one of the big, you know, one of the uh, the big downfalls um has uh, in in the past at least looking at the communes and um, uh, that have fa- that have inevitably failed one after another after another. There's a couple that still exist, but um, more successfully looking at art colonies um, and uh, which many still exist, especially on the east coast, and people do residencies. So there's a beginning and an end to the residency. Um, uh, you know, and that doesn't need to be definitive, um, you know, but uh, um, I think that, that what it does is it, it gives people a beginning in the end. <laughs> it begins, gives a beginning in the end and a goal for people to get out of, like, that situation. But um, I, you, you explain yourself, young man. What? Okay, okay, okay. Let's just understand this. We have this huge facade that basically where we have our own little supermarket plus our own little restaurant with coffee and shit like that and just make people kind of relax and roomy and shit. And then right after that, we give them for their own rent, it would be 180 bucks, Maybe 150 I don't really know. It depends on the lot. So we build that. We make that for every single month. I could make upwards of let me see, let me let me, just let me see with everything with all the expenses probably it would be a, uh, for one person it would be like uh 50 bucks, right? What are you talking so, about? Do you have per month, do you per have month. do you have land? 
I do not have land. I do not have land, but I can easily, just as easily get land. I have already know that can just give it to me like that. Well, I mean, if you can, I mean, like, like I don't, I, I, like, economic theory is dead, right? Um, game theory is the only thing that really still exists. If you can do something that helps other people out and help yourself at the same time, I, I think that's a win-win. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're gonna do it. You know. Well, how, I mean, yeah, and how did our culture ruin all that? Like simple, logical thinking, right? Like for some reason, there's some guilt built into uh, making money or or doing well for yourself, even if it helps. Because people somebody. don't like success. Because you know, when when people see successful people, they think that they did something bad because we're always trained in this culture of like, you know, oh, well, that person makes millions of dollars due to the fact that he did something really great and I should have actually had that idea. And everybody's just so jealous, you know, because, oh, well, man, this person has like a big car and actually a whole bunch of women due to the fact that he is much more, like, more handsome than I am, that he has like the better part of it. Uh, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. And also, you know, what Glenn said, it was ruined because capitalism capitalism perverted to corporate fascism. That was the idea. Wait. It's just a perverted word. I, I, I don't I don't have any problem, nor have I ever, with people being successful and yeah, uh, and and making money. I have I, what I do have problem um, with is institutionalized nepotism. Um, and, uh, and, and different people with different means having different sets of rules that, that we follow. Um, you know, that, that's where I have the problem. I I fucking love a good success story. Um, you know, shit, I want Shark Tank. Absolutely. But yeah, let's just think about this, you know, so... 150, 100, like 100 to 80 to 150 a month, uh, depending on lot. And then the minimum amount, since we already have like the supermarket, uh, and then plus we have uh, our little garden plus the restaurant and everything like that, we would have probably the the giving the given of rent uh, uh, could be around. Uh, 40 to 50 bucks that we can actually use on spare revenue or profit, but then, well, actually, that's actually for the for the whole community for like 40 to 50 dollars every 12 months and every single year. Uh, and then if we times that by like the 10 to 12 whatever people that we have inside our uh, community, I I think we can have upwards of 100 in profit. We can have 100 dollars in profit every single month. Yeah, well, um, it, I mean, there's it, there's un, unseen overhead, but don't forget, you could also probably get Section 8 from the government, so housing could be subsidized. Yeah, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Ha! Long, That's great! As long as That's great! As long as, you don't, as long as you don't take credits on, uh, on the land, tax credits on the land. I, I won't take tax credits on the land, um, but don't worry, we'll... We'll pay our taxes. Not really. We're we're gonna put it around like an offshore bank account, so we don't have to really pay very much of taxes. Um, that'll be nice. Uh, we'll just pay it on the land, 
not very much. Well, you'd be you'd be a you'd be a C five hundred three. You'd be a nonprofit. You wouldn't be obligated to pay taxes anyway. Well, that's even better. Why not? I mean, yeah. we can still make profit, that bitch. Would, that, would, that would be that would be ridiculous to to help people and and pay taxes. No, I mean, I'm kidding. You wouldn't. You would just uh, uh, definitely register as a nonprofit organization. Glenn asks an interesting question. I spend I spend some time thinking about about this, um, and it goes right into this. What what is the social duty of the rich in society these days? So there was no. um, not very much in, in no. Western civilization, especially in Europe, post World War II Europe and the United States, and in the uh, White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Uh, ruling elite, ruling class um, that that believed there was a certain, uh, a lot of times Christian duty um, to uh, to take care of the uh, the rich or the poor, excuse me. Um, that doesn't seem to exist at all anymore, does it? No. I mean, in my opinion, I think that. In society, being rich is just, in my own opinion, you know, just there to buy stuff and try to be kind of hanging out. Or maybe also having another business opportunity just to actually, you know, make more money. I mean, I would love to. If I had money to make more money, to make more money, I would do it. Right. Well, also, I mean, that's how, that's, that's, how, that's how being rich works, right? I mean... All, all of, all of the uh, families and subfamilies and sub-subfamilies of uh, of the industrialists all still, and, and much of our economy still runs just on the interest that that eight, those eight men made in yeah. forty years. Um, you know, and once you get enough of a nut in the bank. Um, you know, then your money starts to work for you. And I think uh, that's another... You, you invest into other people's ideas, Glenn. You don't You don't really care. The money, the money, the money is just there. So then you can just say, here, use it so then I can make more money. Oh, you have a wonderful painting that you uh, you just created? Well, here, I'll give you money so then you can make more great paintings and then I can sell them off for me. That's well, how I mean, that's, that's, the world works. That's what everything is now. That's what fees and banks are. That's what, uh, uh, you know, when you go to wire money and it takes 24 hours. I mean, with derivative trading, uh, large financial institutions can make, you know, millions of dollars just with two and a half hours of, uh, you know, holding 50 bucks from every gas tank on the East Coast. Um uh, I mean, it's not everything is pulling around with money, uh, with ones and zeros, um, and 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 creating nothing out of nothing. I think, like I, I, you know, at this point, I think that the biggest thing money buys is escapism. Um, you know, it, it buys people um, the um, uh, sort of the hollow deck like life that allows them to pay absolutely zero attention to the fucking monstrosity that 
uh, that the world has become. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's, I mean, that is the ultimate definition of luxury right there, right? Um, it is to live on the hollow deck, um, and do whatever you want, whenever you want. And the rest of us are, are stuck down here in the cogs and the wheels. Um, but the fact of the matter is money, travel, geographical location doesn't really, um, transcend you from that. So I don't know. And then, and, and I know we're going on tangent again, but, um, all right. So, so back to the, uh, Back to the tiny the tiny home and um, and sort of your your motivation for this. But I'm not mistaken in in the fact that there is altruism at the at the baseline of it, or is it just to make a buck at at a fair price? You know, I I think a lot of people think that you know whether we see it. I mean, this is like right now at this very moment from uh, counting all the bills. Uh, over at my trailer, you know, my family has to pay around oh, upwards about eight hundred to a thousand dollars every month. Um, that's in the bills itself, and it's kind of interesting how that works. Um, but not only that, after that, uh, uh, you know, when people actually try to actually work a lot and they try to do as much as they can, you know, they're kind of thinking a little bit slimming down their money. And because if we bring out this little form that you can have it less than $10,000 plus like a, a little tiny house like that or maybe even a trailer, uh, you can have it upwards of a, about $10,000 and maybe also have the other 12000 to uh, give it to um, you know the community itself. So people can actually – just as easily make their money as much as that. They can actually make more rather than spend uh, all that on the rent. Yes. So, I mean, you're, like uh, as usual, we're clearly on the same page. Now, here, like here's here's what I was kind of driving at. Like, like I, I I think it's somewhere between the disparity of rich and poor. Um, you probably got. He probably got knocked off, so he'll probably be back. Um, between, you know, the growing disparity between rich and poor, I, you know, I think somewhere or, in, in, or maybe just in, in the crazy consumerist society we are, like the fact that you can um, make a good living, help, help people, um, and still, uh, you know, live uh, a reasonable lifestyle um, like somewhere along the way, that's been completely lost. Um, like the two aren't yeah. mutually exclusive. Um, setting up a business that gives people jobs and tr- helps people, you know, uh, without all the cutthroat bullshit that fucking the normal, you know, corporate sort of um, culture uh, dictates these days. Uh, you know, like that needs to come back. You know, there there were plenty of manufacturing companies and, and, and corp, you know, plants, this company that built shit with their hands. Um, you know, it, like that, that should, that needs to come back. Um, um, you 
know, and I I think that you know it it, it ties into the automation of things. You know, the the sort of the uh, taking out the person of of everything. Um, but so I'm down. You know, I'm down conceptually. And uh, so where are these homeless people going to go? I mean, how are they not going to become more of a burden on the city of Denver than they were when they were busy, like, building tiny homes? Like, they were busy, they were localized, they were in one place. Like, what the fuck? So now they're wandering the streets fucking high as fuck, getting locked up, costing taxpayer money. Yep. Like, but I mean, like, Denver I, is, like, a fucking asshole to most of these, like, poor people and homeless people over in Denver. I mean, you know what I mean? It's about to come around the middle of the winter. I mean, it's already, like, snowing. Yeah, like, yeah, right yeah, nearby, exactly. Like, the freaking mountains so are already right. snow. So they're and, not and really helping they, anybody whatsoever. And the, and the, you know, the city government knew that these guys were doing this. It was in the paper, um, you know. Uh, it's a a nonprofit that set it up. So uh, um, yeah, it's all it's all very baffling. And and Denver does Denver cops do such crazy shit, man. It's oh yeah, you know, like a lot of people will say that that Burlington is a city surrounded by Vermont. Like Denver is a, it's the opposite, like. I mean, the cheapest Denver, place I found was probably upwards about six hundred to seven hundred dollars. Say that again. It's upwards about to six hundred to seven hundred dollars just to get a place over in Denver. The cheapest place. Jesus. I know I triggered him. I feel Why? bad. How did, you didn't you didn't make a match, did you? I don't know. I'm kinda of scared of that. No. Probably not. Um, but that, yeah, that's nuts. But again, like I just don't understand the, you know, the, the rationality of uh, moves like this. Um, yeah, your timing—that's a great point. Uh, where the fuck are these cats supposed to go? Um, so, Dallas, you want to take a quick break? I'm gonna run up and get a beer. We'll play a song and we'll come back and let's talk Halloween. And we'll we'll get back into this and uh, we'll see if we need. Glenn back on the line. Let's get Glenn back on the line. And, you know, just let him just let him speak whatever he wants to speak, man. Yeah, I'm all, I'm always up for Glenn to like to say whatever he wants, man. I'm I'm always there. That's what I always like. Glenn, about will, Glenn never detracts from a conversation. That's for sure. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, let's play a song. I'm gonna run upstairs and. Uh, grab the beer and we'll come back and uh, continue on and take a, take a look at the news. There's a couple other things going on. Um, I, yeah. I, there's that, the, uh, I saw a video today with that, that kid who uh, hacked the, the CIA's um, account. Dude, it, it is fucking hilarious. I'll find the link. That kid's a fucking, I don't know if he's 15 or whatever. Um, but that's it's a fucking he. It's a lovely fucking interview, and uh, he's a smart ass. Did they arrested him though, right? I, I have no idea. It might be pretty interesting to hear. Um, so we're gonna get off for a few moments, and uh, we'll be back on Third Row Radio. See ya.
got a fever. And the only prescription is more Star Rail Radio. A call in now. A 646 929 Now your host, Anti-Crisis 73 and NCAP Dalek. Mr. Went on K Street to call in via Skype, so it is going to be BTR listener, listener, zero, 57, excellent. And he's still dead. That's fun. We were just talking a little bit about the tiny home community that me and Antichrisis were kind of thinking, and my idea is just to basically do a few things by not putting over public property like what the uh, uh, grown-out homeless Denver organization that they were thinking, which, I mean, that's a great idea. I mean, sure, but, you know, private property is a lot better. Just, Just saying. Um, you could actually do a lot thing. You you can do better things than that. Um, I know that he is he wasn't live, unfortunately. But no, I don't really care, anyways. Um, so now Antichrist is back on live. Sorry about that. No, all good. Am I here? Yes. Cool. Um. And welcome back to Glenn. Yeah, fuck Flash. If I, I don't know if you use Firefox, but um, yeah, for, for Java, JVAD must be all up in that shit because the Flash is all fucked up. But um, I love this idea, you know, and I'll tell you, you know, it right now, and uh, maybe this inf- information gets disseminated, but in July, I am moving from Vermont uh, to Madison, Wisconsin. Um, uh, my wife got a, my wife got a banging awesome job there. Incredible, like lifetime opportunity. Um, so we are, we are out. Um, I'm going to hold on to the, my, my house, my land up here. And I would love nothing more than to turn it into something similar to what, what you're talking about. I would also, I would love to also have it, um, in some way serve this community. Um, like I said, be, you know, like a artist colony except for developers, hackers, uh, coders, um, you know, but then they got a, they got a farm or they got to dev apps, you know, that they can make robots farm from their Android phones or, or whatever, but all that is, is built into it, you know, and it's, uh, 11 acres in the Green Mountains in Vermont, um, you know, and and th- there's no reason that the past and all the mistakes, in, you know, in the in the 60s and earlier, um, and the successes with the with the kibbutz and and whatever it is now, I haven't. 
studied and, and repeated, and uh, and also the the artist colonies uh, like the McDowell Colony in New Hampshire and uh, Haystack um, in Maine, um, you know, and re- recreated for like the next generation of artists that, that I think using a computer um, and not not Photoshop, but language. Um, so um, and and then yeah, have a strong component to. Um, you know, to serving uh, community, um, whether that's like you know the seven to nine people on the land or or the larger community. Um, but Vermont is like so into that shit, man, and uh, especially as my my town is. And uh, you know, I, I maybe I'm too much of an introvert. I couldn't get it going, but somebody could. You know, um, but food for thought. But I love the idea. And I think this Denver thing, it's going to have, I mean, every, every you know, sort of dramatic action the cops take has, has blowbacks because it's all so fucking misdirected and knuckleheaded. Um, but this is, you know, this was just like retarded. There's no logic, logic behind it. It'll have blowbacks because now you have all these cats been fucking without, you know, tools in their hands doing something. And they're either out roaming the streets, like getting high and, and costing taxpayers money. If you want to break it down empirically, you know, without the whole emotional human side, it's a fucking, it's just a dumb move. It's well, absolutely, but they don't really care. Are you kidding me? No. They They care about, like, their own public property. It's quote-unquote public property. They just want that as public. They don't want it as, like, a, uh, like a local... Uh, part of, you know, Denver as that kind of part. And I also do have K Street, but but all you have to do is just press 1 on that dial pad on Skype. Or if you're on mobile, I can just put you on right now. Uh, just go ahead and uh, tell me on Twitter. Thanks for getting him through. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, went on K as uh, often time co-host here. Well, not, not so often lately, but... Uh, Dallas, uh, I know you know him. He's a good man. Yep. He's, he's a good boy. A fed. I think he's is a fed. Yes. Um, now, a little bit, he criticized it, but um, there have been actually uh, tiny home communities uh, around from Portland and stuff, and uh, all we have to do is that we have to classify it in a way that we can actually do it. Now, we can talk about it as like a... Um, as a little trailer park or something that's actually, I, I don't know the code over here in Colorado, but I can try to figure it out. Like I, I, I'm, I'll be right on it. And, uh, what we need to do is, well, that's definitely how you would go through the permitting process. You would never say anything about tiny homes or alternative yeah. community or anything. You would just go through the whole permitting process. Like you were, you were getting, you know, something you were else. opening a trailer park. Yeah. Like do it as like a mini, like do it as a little uh, KOA campground or campground area. Yeah, that'll that'll be good. Well, I think, and Glenn makes a point, a good point from the chat room. I think I think one of the reasons they slotted to go in that land, and you know, um, that 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 makes perfect sense in that land in Denver. Hold on one second. We do have my boy, the boy himself. K Street. Hello. 
So, yo, uh, yo. <laughs> when on K, how are you, my brother? I I'm alive. Right on. I'm so right sorry on. about that shit. I'm so sorry. Um, I was trying to go through all the crazy stuff. So. It's not that easy to to get somebody patched through, man. I tried with, uh, uh, I think, for it the other night a little bit. I think uh, it's it's so. Thanks, Dalek, and welcome, Kay. How are you, man? I'm living. I'm living, man. I uh, love the conversation so far. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're talking about this, uh, and and I know something you can relate to. This tiny home that was created in her tiny home community, you know, uh, an effort by some homeless people to give give themselves some sense of, of uh, parapharma, and uh, um, it was raided by the cops. Uh, I, can, I can completely relate to that just from on the streets level. Um, the idea that, and you were talking about setting up, you know, basically communes, uh, where they're farming and growing their own stuff and doing honest, hard work to provide for themselves and set and their up, community. Yeah, and set up, you know, a, a good situation as opposed to roaming the streets, um, working whatever BS job they have just to spend whatever BS they have, you know, to do literally nothing positive for their community. And, and in a sense, it, it alienates them from the community. And most of the people that with, with some out here uh, would love to have more of an opportunity to connect with the community. So if you don't have aid arrangement, well, to do so. And so it is sad to see that they basically built a semi-permanent structure or are rated for attempting to, you know, reintegrate with their communities in a positive way. That's very true. But remember, this was public land that was not used. And just because it's, you know, it wasn't really used, it's, still public, it's still owned by the government and they'll do whatever they want with it you know, whether they whether you like it or not because if there was an amount of prosperity due to the fact of this little land that was also public and owned by the federal, I mean the state government itself, they're just going to say okay, we're going to take it back and these guys can never ever have it and that's the really big hard part about like public property, that's the tragedy of the commons it is. It, it, it is. And I'm, I'm, and I'm wondering. And I mean, both, both, uh, both of you guys obviously make great points. And I'm, I, you know, and I am, I'm wondering, um, you know, if it was, I mean, was the threat like the sort of this symbolic permanence of of tiny homes, you know, versus something much more, uh, you know, easy to sweep away like tents or, or cardboard or whatever um, they were on. Sweet, bring Glenn on. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do keep going back to this, this you know, this thing. So where is the motivation from, from this? Because it's clearly not a, a pragmatic, logic-based government 
uh, decision to save money uh, and resources by taking um, most likely a behaviorally challenged group of men, uh, minority men, um, who are focusing their energy. uh, And, yeah, I did just make several sweeping generalizations. I'm sorry. who are focusing their gen, uh, their energy on something positive, uh, reintegrating back into the community, as Glenn said, and um, you know, and then fucking not only like turn them loose, but but turn them loose with uh, with with reason for anger. It just doesn't make any governmental sense. I don't see how that serves the people of Denver at all. Um, you know, uh, short term, what? Because it, it's aesthetically displeasing, you know, like that's nuts. But let me pause. Uh, let, I'm, if Glenn would like to come on, I'll give pause for. But um, and, and that is that is a, a horrible uh, part of uh, the Commons, except for the fact that even private land is subject to eminent domain. Oh, never mind. That's. It's K-Street. Oh, well, who cares? I don't know. I don't even care anymore. I don't even know. <laughs> what, I mean, I, I, what do we think of eminent domain? Like, uh, um, you know, it's it's being slapped around here and there by the uh, land of uh, land bureau management or land of management bureau, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it's the BLM, Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, I mean... You know, a big thing when they were building the highways, obviously. Uh, but I think it's a little more tyrannical. Kay, you know anything about, like, eminent domain? I hear it quite a bit these days. They use it for highways, uh, public construction projects, also easeways uh, for, uh, like, uh, high-power transmission lines, um, water treatment plants, facilities of that nature that require, you know, if they need upgrading and they need more space. Um, it hasn't been as as abused lately as it was back in the 70s and 80s. Um, eminent domain was a major issue back then. And it all started with railroads, really, before the highways. It started with yeah. the railroads. They were cutting farms in half and, and shit like that. Um, so, you know, most of that infrastructure is already there. And because most of that eminent domain stuff has already occurred, they they can continue to loot, use the existing land. So, you know, infrequently you'll get something where they're going to try to wipe out like a blighted ghetto and put in, you know, a sports center in a city or something. But you don't see the eminent domain stuff as much anymore because they pretty much already got the land that they need. Right. All right. Hold on. I think Glenn's trying to get on. I think his head's about to pop. Um, yeah, huge, huge deal. But it, so, Alex, if you need to interrupt me, um, I'll always talk about drugs today. Um, no, no, I do, don't I worry. Hear, don't worry. And I you hear, know what? Go ahead and put your point out, and then we'll we'll let Glenn speak. Okay? We're good. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't want my man's head to explode, but uh, quick, I hear eminent domain coming up a lot in, in California with water, um, and I think uh, there's been some legalese. <laughs> there's been some legalese, like uh, you know, to 
around with uh, easements, uh, water easements, which are part of eminent domain, um, to fuck with the, the aquifers and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was my point. Um, hey, it's great to have you on. And uh, you, are you, are you at, at uh, liberty to say what, what area of the country you're in right now? The Midwest. What's that? Midwest. Awesome. Plain state. Yep. Right on, man. The best. Well, we love you here at Third Round. So thanks for thanks for uh, coming on. And uh, Glenn, are you on the air, my brother? <clears throat> yes, I am. How are you, sir? Oh, not bad. Not bad. I mean, uh, if you want to go back to the first subject, I mean, this this public land, so-called public land that the tiny homes tried to basically squat on. Um, The only reason the municipal government of Denver has that land is because they look at it as an asset. It's It's not a park. It's not a dog run. It's just an asset. So the easiest way for them to spend the least money to maintain it is don't allow anything on it. So yep. it doesn't doesn't cost them anything to hold their asset. Now, if somebody wants to come along and buy the entire package and submit a plan to build condos or something like that, which can all be sold and which can be charged property tax independently, that's a locked-in tax base for that property. That they will do. No problem. That's a win for for the city. But as far as cutting it up and rezoning and letting people have some say over it, no, they're never going to do that. Never. I mean, uh, New Orleans taught a lot of cities some new tricks. Yeah, they did. You Crazy know? shit, man. Yeah. And, and, and HUD had a lot to do with it, and FEMA had a lot to do with it. But, you know, it doesn't matter who enabled them. This is a new racket. Yeah, I think I think HUD and FEMA are two of the two of the pillars of enforcement of the new racket. They're they're, they're definitely not alleviators of it. Yeah. Now, as far as the eminent domain thing goes, yeah, I agree. Railroad started it. That was why it ever started up to begin with. But as far as as K Street saying they don't need more land or this or that. Well, I think that depends where you are. That's all. I mean, back in the 70s, eminent domain caused a lot of problems. But at least back then, all the infrastructure built was publicly owned. Well, and I I did mention that in the 70s and 80s, eminent domain was an issue. But, you know, in the last couple of decades, we haven't seen as much because they did. They they raped people of land in the 70s and 80s. Well, I think the matter now, especially in the in the old steel belt and in the Northeast, the reason eminent domain is dying is, is because they're just simply not building new infrastructure. They're letting it crumble. Yeah. You know, and I think this is part of the bigger picture because, you know, up here hydroelectric, uh, all kinds of shit is still going up like crazy, more than it was in the 80s. And it's all done with what our version of eminent domain, 
And it's, you know, it's all for the betterment of who? The provincial government, because they collect the tax. But they sell it as better for the population. It's not. But eminent domain is being used by governments where I live now to take land for private projects that the government will get a slice of. Right, well, fracking included, right? Well, I mean, that's not happening everywhere. Uh, Fracking has hit a brick wall where I am, and this is a place where we have open pit mines that are bigger than, you know, 20 sky domes. What do you mean it's hit a brick wall? People are not into fracking here, not at all. They've cut up on fracking a lot. So, like, public opinion has actually slowed fracking down in your area? Oh, definitely. Uh, There's a a city in southern Alberta where some rights were given for fracking within city limits. It's still, there's no houses for blocks, but it's still within city limits. And the, the citizens of the city just said, no, fuck you, this isn't happening. Fuck yeah, good. That's that's about the best piece of environmental news I've heard in a while. Well, Shell canceled their uh, polar oil drilling up in Alaska yep. only because the cost outweighed the benefit. It was a simple CBA, and you, they're starting to run the cost-benefit analysis on fracking now. And when oil was, you know, when gas was four dollars a gallon. Fracking was cost effective when they can ran. You believe the, how, it can made you believe how, it, Can you believe how dumb these or how smart one or the other? How, either they're all speculating and shorting the system because clearly that's going to happen, right? If oil gets to a buck eighty a fucking barrel, you're going to go seeking other. You know, it's just like a junkie. You're going to go seeking other cheaper ways to get high. You know, the faster the better. And if you, if if you can fucking cook it in your backyard by fucking fracking, then you're gonna do that instead of taking the time long now. You know, things fracking grow. Is, fracking's expensive. Yeah, it's extremely expensive. You basically are, you know, putting in two barrels of oil to get out. So now when the price, inevitably, as fracking got more popular, obviously the price of oil was going to drop. As as far as the U.S. demand goes, you know, the biggest impact fracking had on any country is pretty much been us with, with you know, the glutton of, of propane and, and liquid gas. So, of course, the, oil, oil, the fucking price of oil is going to go down. You know, so now, so now we're back in the cycle where the cost of fracking is no longer practical because oil is eighty dollars a fucking barrel. Well, as far as Shell goes, <clears throat> not only was it no longer cost effective to go drill deep drill in the Arctic, but it was also the environmental cost and the public relations cost. Uh, Shell has also canceled a pilot project in the Alberta oil sands that has been downsized twice already, and it was still a price tag of $2 billion. Uh, Shell's third quarter is basically the worst they've ever had. They lost $16 billion in the third quarter. Yeah, I I heard heard that. I say good on them. They They sure as fuck can afford it, but, you know, it's... 
shareholders have questions, and that may endanger our cushy chair. So we take steps. It doesn't matter how many fucking jobs are cut in the field. It doesn't matter who they screw in the field. It's all about how things look in the hallways of head office. So, Can we just export the oil? I mean, really, let's just like lift the ban off that, just say screw it, and just export it. My own well, opinion. Sorry. My two cents. The issue is the United States has never had a bigger stockpile of oil. They've never produced more oil domestically. Um, this whole fracking thing, I think Big Oil knew that it was going to be ugly and there's going to be a lot of fucking local problems. So they let all these they let all these startups figure it out, and yeah, they let they them it hard. Yeah, and they let them spend the startup, and they let them make their money for a while, which only encouraged more people to buy minute leases and invest all their money. Now the price crashes. All these little guys are going to go broke. They still have leases they're supposed to be paying for. Who's going to buy them all up? Big oil. They still got equipment. So they allowed basically a whole new source to be independently developed and buy all that equity for a dime on a dollar. And yeah, the fracking, the fracking mar- market. I mean, I, I'm, I, it is. I mean, it is like a cowboy market. Well, it's it's it's, it's just like um, the heavier dropping. Well, I mean, actually you... getting it out of the ground, like those are roughnecks, man. Those are like old school fucking platform workers. What maybe well, every maybe all these big companies and and everybody's turning their sights on the Scrappy Island, and they're forgetting this uh, this expensive oil in the Arctic, and and they're going back to the straw and, and going to the South Pacific. The easiest and the cheapest will always rule, and the market will have a lot to say about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the oil sands up here. Everybody's fucking whining that they can't make money. They can't make money now. Well, that is bullshit. I know that for a fact. I know what it costs for them to make a barrel of synthetic crude oil out of three tons of tar sand. When everything's working right, it costs them less than $10 Canadian a barrel. That includes wages. That includes everything. That's, that's, the, really vol- that's the volume that they operate at. But they can't Jeez. let that information get out there because they like their $100 a barrel ooil. So if you're only going to give us 45 well, fuck it. We're laying off a whole bunch of staff because we want to oh keep our margin. Yeah, they want to keep their profit margin. Yeah, because people are the most expensive piece of the chain. Always. 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 Labor, labor, labor. Horsepower. And the oil sands is unionized. 85%. And it's hard fucking work, man. That's, you know, that's what they meant. Like, I don't mean the fucking executives. It's roughneck work, man. That's another issue. That's another issue about the fracking. All these small companies and small leases all operating under state law. They're all non-union. Yep. They're all non-union. I think the most remarkable thing... Can I... Or, before, you, go ahead. before you do anything, um, so uh, how would... Uh, although it would be kind of nice to actually kind of keep a, 
um, more people to actually kind of keep up their wages and stuff like that. Uh, how would a union actually protect them in a way? Just just out of curiosity, Brian. Because if you're a contractor and you have a collective bargaining agreement, if you if you go to sell your entire company, your workforce has something to say about it. They're at the table. Oh, that that's actually a good idea. Yeah. 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 Because there is no company without the staff. So what exactly are you selling? You know? True, true, true. You're uh, selling the name. Just okay. out of curiosity, yeah. is there a big difference between the way unions work in Canada and the way they work here? No, right? Well, it depends. I mean, I when mean, you the get in... is right there in Detroit. It's got to have some Canadian influence. <laughs> not in, not anymore. We have no, the CAW. No. We have yeah. our own. We have the Canadian auto workers. They broke which, away from the UAW 30 years ago. Yeah, which is probably more effective because union influence in the United States has been going down for the last 30 years. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the differences that occur between unions, even in the U.S., because I've worked for multiple ones. I've worked for the United Grocery Workers. I've worked for IBW when I was in electrician. Um, I worked for U.S., so I worked for their union. And the differences between even U.S. unions are drastic. Um, the union that represents UPS workers and drivers, the truckloaders and the drivers, best union I've ever worked for. IBEW, close second. United Grocers, not so much. Yeah, they definitely all carry different weights for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Let Nick on. Well, just so you know, uh, K Street, I'm a over 30-year IBEW member. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I love the IBEW. Well, yeah, I mean, the union share has been shrinking since Reagan, since Thatcher. I mean, when Reagan fired all the members of PATCO and nobody did anything, that was a very bad sign. You know, well, that was that was the start. That was like, I don't know the figures off the top of my head, but it was something like like 20 to 25 percent of the U.S. workforce in the early 80s, like 81, 82 was union, and now we're less than, like, 8%. Yep. Treating is on, and not Casey, but uh, Knickknack. Knickknack Paddywhack. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome, hey. Nick. Sorry about that. All good. <laughs> How is everybody today? About 20 times tonight. Welcome, brother. Thanks, We're man. here. Oh, um, just a quick hey, point about hey, hey, uh, you know, like, unions and stuff. I know a bit about union crap. Um, the labor laws in Canada are much more relaxed and in favor of unions, whereas the U.S. pretty much just tears them apart. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's part due to our labor laws. True. I, I True. Think I, 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 you know, after knowing a bunch of you, I for a while, I think that Canada is still, despite and maybe even having survived uh, Harper, uh, still, a, still a more 
equitable country to its citizens than the United States? Well, we're still trying. We'll see if we can recover that. You know, I mean, I also uh, feel, I mean, unions are, are uh, a, uh, a subject, I get, you know, I get, I mean, I was pro, I'm pro-union, obviously, on, on the principle of it, but they themselves became such a bureaucracy that I think um, they were inevitably corrupted, and, and I mean, simple arithmetic would tell you, like, a lot of unions just aren't sustainable. Um, without negotiation um, or renegotiation that, uh, I mean, is, like, extremely painful, um, you know, and I'm and not, not necessarily the utility um, uh, sort of self-sustaining unions um, like United Electric Workers and, and um, I know there's several electric unions and plumbers unions, but uh, you know more um, uh, transit workers, things of that nature. Um, uh, you know that can really paralyze the country um, when the money isn't there to pay them, or at least not at the you know not sustainably um, over over the course of a career. Um, I mean, are are unions still relative in the United States today? Well, of course they are. Like, let's let's look at the past. Like, pretty much, America and the middle class was entirely built on the, the structure of of unions after World War II, and you guys did very very well, and the middle class profited very well, and there was uh, some sort of balance in in the economy and in society. And since then, it's been demonized for for decades and decades and decades. I think the only reason Canada um, still has um, more of a union structure and more union presence in Canada, I think, is just because of of our society and our our country. We're we're kind of a a socialist country, um, free health care, distribution of wealth, uh, pension, and and things like that. And I think our our labor laws are just more conducive um, for forming unions um, than, than the U.S. is. So let okay. me ask you, you and Glenn, like, you, you, I mean, did, did you guys see the big sigh of relief, relief these last couple of weeks? Like, uh, I mean, is is this sort of a, a a watershed moment for Canada having Harper and the, the Conservative Party out of there? Oh, it's step one. Right, you know, I, I'm not willing to go any further than that. It's step one. Yeah. But Same I mean, here. you know, the thing about how Canada is different, I mean, it, it's you can say it's free health care, but it's not free. We all still pay for it with our taxes. It's just part of what we finance with our taxes. And the union issue. Unions are ba- your right to unionize is basically in our constitution because we have something called the Rand formula and that was something that was established after the Second World War that the employer would deduct union dues from the pay and submit it to the union because that was always the big problem how do unions enforce collecting their dues 
how do they keep their finances straight and how do they stay solvent so that was basically solved by a government order that the employer would make sure the union gets their money from the employees and that was taken all the way to the Supreme Court here about 40 years ago now and Mm -hmm. it was upheld and since since then, we've had the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that says you have the right to free association, which has been used to defend that decision. So basically, the right to unionize is in our Constitution, and that is a huge difference from the United States. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that. I, 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 you know, I have several friends who work in different unions, and union dues rose a bit. Um, they would probably prefer them. They were taken right out of their paycheck. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a big difference because it's and just it, like if you contribute to an RRSP or anything else, it's not even in your net pay. You know, it's it's completely different. You don't yeah, even you know. Get protect, you also get protection from from employer as well. Um, so you know, being uh, let go for you know some unwarranted reason. Um, or you know, being dicked around uh, for your job or salary, you, you do have a lot of uh, protection there. So there, there's that element as well. well. And that breaks that breaks down to provincial level too. When you when yeah, exactly. Have you asked to do dangerous work that you feel that you know the company that you're working for is you know you have the union fall back on. You can refuse to do a job and the union will have your back. You won't get fired because you refuse. Well, where I am in Alberta, the right of refusal is now part of law. Anyone, anywhere has the right to refuse. It's just not clear what the price for doing that will be. And true, if if you are covered with collective bargaining, yeah. You can't just get shit canned, right? Yeah, but also, if if you are part of a union in Canada, it can also f- fuck you over. If uh, if you do get fired for uh, a legit reason, you can be basically locked out or not paid any severance um, or, or um, any. Um, em- I think it's employment insurance or severance or something like that, Glenn. Well, I mean, uh, so there's another another side of the coin. But, but now, uh, what in, in in the United States we have these ridiculous examples of uh, a sort of uh, uh, egregious abuse of unions, yeah, like, uh, like the teachers' unions, um, where you know, uh, and and I'm not anti-teacher by any doubt at all, but wife's a principal for Christ's sake, but in, in the public you know, in the teachers union, um uh, if you if you do something um offensive enough uh um, to preclude you from being able to uh be around children um or do your job, um then they put you in what's called a rubber room. Um so you basically have to show up to some fucking arbitrary room in a town or a city or wherever it is you teach, um, with the rest of your fucking deviant teachers. And um, you sit there for the eight hours um, doing nothing, and um, you get full pay. Um, 
well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because, in my opinion, the teachers union. I, I don't know about what's happening in the U.S., but the teacher union in Canada and also the auto workers union, both in Canada and the U.S., have fucked up unions and the perception mm-hmm. of unions so so badly. Um, and they continue to do so. And I think those are the, the two unions for those particular jobs and industries have done the worst for PR, for public res- uh, perception, and also negotiation as well. Okay, I'm curious. Do you think that that basically happened in the 80s and the 90s? And we're in overtime! Okay. Well, Glenn, you know what's happening right now in like in in Ontario in the teachers union here. It's fucking it's it's insanity. No, but I'm saying when did they start to be identified as the bad kids in the family? That was like eighties, nineties, in the seventies. Yeah. Okay, well then don't don't forget that that's the time that the when the Canadian auto workers broke away and they took their fucking chunk pension pie from the UAW and the Ontario Teachers Union is the largest pension plan landholder in Canada they had too much money and that brought in the corruption and they've never recovered from it never yeah. well, well, the US the US, the US auto workers union basically had a hand in driving basically all the manufacturing out of the U.S. Now, the politicians and all the corporations were a huge part of that, but their their negotiations and, and raising uh, wages to ridiculous levels just kind of helped facilitate that, that whole push, that whole um, manufacturing, um, uh, all manufacturing leaving uh, the yeah, U.S., Ohio. It, it, it takes two sides to sign an agreement. Why did the automakers yeah. sign them then? If we're talking about public perception of UAW in the 70s, the elephant of the room is Jimmy Hoffa. And yeah. we're, well, Teamsters. We're the yeah, mafia. I was going to mention the Teamsters. Yeah, we're, we're, well, okay, excuse me. But we're leaving out the, the corruption, and they, they got the UAW as well as the Teamsters. But we're leaving out the element that all that money floated at the top of the union, the bureaucracy, the union dues, all of that, and and the mafia infiltration in that, and the capitalist greed that that happens when you're in a power position and you, you know, you're boss. So I think that's where public perception of unions really started to be affected. And that's where the, you know, the Reagan, Bush Sr., they were able to to start breaking down unions in the United States, you know, because we had been rising from the 20s and 30s, you know, 1910. And you start getting that corruption and the public swings against you then you start to lose your backing, and and it's been downhill ever since. Yeah. Once, like I'll, of- I'll, I'll give you an example of bad PR right now. We have uh, elementary school teachers again on strike, again asking for more money. These are elementary school teachers who have three to four months off in the fucking summer. Uh, they teach little children. 
and they're asking for I don't know how many um, raises in a row in, in, in their salary, and they say it's they're there for the children, but of course they're fucking not. It's a bunch of bullshit. And okay. again, they're baking the province, and the province bends over backwards and pays these fucking teachers. And I, I think we've just had enough of it. I mean, is it is it cost of living increases that they're asking for, or because no, above and beyond. No, no, it's not. No, they, they've they've yeah, they've they got raises that match. Yeah, they've got raises that match the the increase in, in standard of living. This is okay. this is above and beyond that again. I mean, my no, my, my stepmother ahead, in the teachers' union here in the states. Um, she disagrees with a lot of their, you know, bureaucracy and decision making, but it's also state to state very different um, mm-hmm. as far as you know standard of pay goes and stuff. But the problem is when they go to negotiations, it goes for all. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to say though that the difference in our our teachers' pay here, elementary, high school, um, and and university. Well, maybe not university. Your your universities that are paid very well, but elementary and high school teachers. I know in Canada they're paid very very well. In the U.S., they are not paid very well, and you can see that with the the performance um, of. Of U.S. compared to other countries on a, on a global scale in regards to to math and academics, how you guys have kind of been lacking the last ten years and and, and dropping in that way, and you guys science. pay your teachers shit. Yeah, all STEM yep. educate science, technology, engineering, math. We've just fallen behind, and and a lot of that. And one thing that I do think our teachers union does do: Are you right? is lack of funding for schools in general. Not not just teacher pay, but funding for teachers. Because she, she works at a school uh, we're on the East Coast where she had 35 kids in third grade. How is she going to be able to reach out and touch 35 children with, with limited resources? So oh my. They're they're arguing Who the fuck yeah. what, the what, crack, what cracks what cracks me up though is you guys oh, hold on, you I'm guys spent you got you guys spend a shitload of money like in uh, in states like Texas to insert creationism into the the uh, the academic books and that cracks me oh, up. Oh sorry. I'll be sorry, I'm going to get stuck. Could I, could I just say something? Why don't we just, you know, I don't know, maybe privatize, you know, the education industry? Not because because there's so much money given to education, like in the United States, and especially here in Colorado, due to the fact that marijuana legalization and all the taxes and stuff has been given to schools. And it's not really helping other people out from what I'm hearing right now. You guys love, so, you guys love that word privatization. I don't know why you're so you guys are so fixated on trying to privatize everything. I think I think especially <laughs> academics and school is yeah. a social is a, is a, is an important social aspect of every life everybody's life and in every country and to be a successful, profitable, healthy society you need educated people and this is it's education is is as a whole it's everybody working together. It's not this private thing that only a select few can 
can can can well, have. Well, I'm not or talking ghost. about that, man. Let's let's understand this. In to, in today's like educational system, I had to I uh, yeah. know that my mom had to pay about upwards to like oh let's like sixty to about a hundred dollars in order to put my brother into school right now at this mm-hmm. very moment. And then plus so uh, and. Well, shouldn't the the taxes be paying for that? Shouldn't, well, obviously, you know, obviously, you're not taking enough taxes to pay for it. The yeah, money's going somewhere else. Private education exactly. means you'll be paying directly out of pocket. Yep. Yeah, but how many? Like, we can also see like uh, other alternative forms of education too. I mean, I could just as easily go onto the internet right now and like. Become sure. a fucking yeah. mathematician of quantum that's, physics. That, 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 that's a very good point. There, there are already um, numerous universities and colleges out there that are popping up um, that go completely against the traditional education system and against universities. A lot of, a lot of the smartest people in the world, like, like people like Elon Musk, and there, there are many other um, backers behind him and intelligent people behind him that, that think the education system is broken and the way we're doing it isn't right. And because of internet and the available information that we have at our fingertips, you don't need a traditional education anymore. And we're also focused too much on um, getting that, that, that white collar you know, management job. What about trades? What about skills? What about all these other jobs that we're constantly exporting to other countries and they're yep. lacking here. And what, what about manufacturing? Dropping knowledge. Just dropping knowledge. Yeah, right, muting <laughs> what, Let me, what, what about me. manufacturing? Manufacturing is one of the most important aspects of, of any country, maybe other than, than education, I think, and, and health as well, healthcare, and, and freedom, in my opinion. But manufacturing, if you can't build things, you can't sustain yourself, and you have to rely on other countries, you know, what does that say exactly. about you? And Elon Musk, who I'm a massive fan of, he, he said it, he said an amazing thing about manufacturing. He, he said, why is manufacturing looked on as this ugly skill um, that no one wants to do anymore. If if you're building a beautiful thing or a beautiful machine, manufacturing a machine, the machine that makes that beautiful Uh-oh. product is just as important as the product itself. So we should be we should be proud, and and it should be a skill and and uh, and a trade and industry that that we champion way more than a lot of the bullshit jobs. That are out there. Well, exactly. aesthetic, aesthetic was a big part of the industrial age, right? Design, industrial design, uh, you know, yeah. the way machines not only uh, sort of outputted, but also looked how they outputted. Sorry, could go I ahead, also, Could I also say something real quick? Um, and not only that, since we've been always treated so well with, you know, just like really products at this very moment from China. I mean, not only that, it was before, like, NAFTA. I mean, people actually manufactured for stuff, and then, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll put a little bit more regulation in there, and we'll, you know, kind of make it really hard to let people do all this kind of stuff that it can actually really help other people and actually bring up jobs. And uh, in my own opinion, we should actually loosen up our, uh, our regulation. I mean that will help a little bit more industry. Right. I think I think reg- regulation is important, but your corporate tax levels are very high, so that's one thing that yeah. um, that's, that that doesn't attract 
<laughs> yeah, companies. But regulation is necessary. I think there always needs to be oversight um, for for health reasons, for for um, you know proper competition and, and things yeah. like that. But many manufacturing needs to be brought back. Not everybody needs a college degree or a university degree. That's complete fucking bullshit. We need to we need to start we need to start propping up manufacturing jobs and then those trade jobs as important as a doctor or a teacher or a policeman or a firefighter or whatever you want to call it. Um, manufacturing yep. is like the, the base of any healthy economy, and you guys have been exporting the shit out of that. Canada's doing the exact same thing. Australia's done it. Um, England as well. Uh, I don't know why we haven't learned from England because they they were the first <laughs> to kind of start this trend, and we all followed yeah, along, just following the dollar. Cycles. Sorry, Nick. No, no, I'm just saying, like, we, 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 we don't learn from, from, from history. A- England has already done this, and look where they are now. They don't, man- they don't manufacture a fucking thing. Um, U.S. went down the same path just following the dollar, and Canada's doing the same thing as well. Um, I mean, it is like a, like a sort of an end symptom of every empire from uh, Dutch, Portugal onward. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's sort of this uh, giving away of the baseline um, of the baseline that that built that built the, the you know the the economy like our middle class. You know. Um, yeah. Okay, but everything you've been describing, I mean, even okay, your union is crooked. Whose fault is that? The membership. That's yep. how we. That's how we keep our local clean. We kicked the whole fucking front office out about four years ago and had an election that wasn't due. Why? I think it's because all, you it's fuckers really aren't all doing the fault your job. of the system and the state. I mean, because as long as you're as, as your lowest common denominator, one of the only variables in business that you can cost, that you can control, is horsepower, is labor. You know, then we're still talking about shit we used to talk about, like in you know, four thousand BC. We're talking well, about horsepower. You know, the, and the re- the, that's never going to change, man. I mean, yeah. like I said, if your if your locals corrupt, kick the fuckers out, and that goes yeah. the same way up the line. The reason yeah, manufacturing but... is looked at as dirty is because that's the way it's been presented. So then well, when it leaves, like when, I mean, you yeah, know, but then when I it leaves, know. the people don't care. They say, well, yeah, yeah that's but, but dirty anyway. Yeah. Also, Glenn, though, in, in any any society, as we progress, like just like England did before the U.S., uh, Canada's following suit as well, Australia, um, as as we grow the middle class, we're more profitable, have these high-paying jobs. These These jobs then are looked down upon, and then with that becomes – um, our distaste for for unions because we don't see a purpose for them. They, you know, those people should get a a job like me sitting in front of a computer all day, and and you can see it happening right now with with China. The middle class there is booming. It's going to take over the U.S. as as the number one economy soon. They're not going to continue producing products and and manufacturing like they have over the past 50 years. They're going to pass the buck. India's next. They'll they'll turn oh, yeah. into the next. They'll turn Definitely into the next right manufacturing hub. Just, just like China was, and China will continue that cycle with people wanting things, materialism, and 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 you know the numbers, that kind of 
that kind of cycle continues. I don't care what much China different. calls. I, no, I don't. I, I agree with Nick. I don't care what China calls itself, man. China was popularized, as in it's been fucking mutated by popular culture. Like you can't go back, man. It's gotten the taste of the West, a big taste of it. Like I agree, a hundred percent. You know, uh, they China. Are, they, they are quickly moving away from being the place to go for the cheapest labor in the world. They're back oh, yeah. across the yeah, now, they know, have a taste. They have a taste for it, man. The whole yeah, middle class there. Oh, there's God. over a billion. There's over a billion Uh-oh. people in that country. Country. Um, and the just ones think about seven hundred and fifty million of them are still fuck. peasant farmers. I know, but they don't see fuck. But it's enough of them. I mean, they they don't know anybody. I mean, like it's like you know they're living in the backwoods of Mississippi. Like they don't know shit. Where do you yeah. think? So the, they don't, do you think the assembly people come from? Glenn, They're never, Glenn, I have an, never Glenn, gonna run Glenn, out of cheap labor. Never. Glenn, I have an, I have an amazing, I have an amazing fact for for you, Glenn, in regards to China. There are more, there are more um, people that graduate. I heard in China, um, in a year. Sorry. Um, so we have like how many how many universities in in America? Like a couple thousand or like ten thousand or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What I heard is um, that amount of people graduate from China um what is it like every month or something like that so oh there's more people there's more people graduating with bachelor degrees and master degrees oh. and PhDs um per month than all of the universities in the US so it's a crazy stat but the amount of people there the the, the manpower behind it and and the the knowledge of wanting to buy the next iPhone and having that next um LED TV or 4K TV is right around the fucking corner and they're not going to continue, you know, working these shitty jobs and and destroying their their country. There's going to be a, a very sharp turn soon. Yeah, going to that, that, means, to... that would mean revolution because there's going to become a quick a quick uh, a quick intersection in the graph where uh, they won't be they won't be they won't have income either. Well, yeah, you think those? You think? You think those people that get master's degrees in China are going to stay in China? <laughs> Probably never. Take a look around. Look out of there. Take well, a I, look I think, around. I, I think I think a lot will, Glenn. Yeah, Where I do you think, think they're going to go? 15, 20 years ago, I would say fuck no. But, you know, and you look at university professors and the amount, of, especially in the sciences, and how many of them are are Chinese. But... I don't, I don't know if that's true anymore. There's definitely growing nationalism, sort of, uh, uh, you know, a sort of uh, delusionment with the with the with the myth of the West in China, and there's opportunity. Yeah. Um, but the elite are the elite. Take a look yeah. at the take a look at the Canada China trade agreement. One of the biggest pieces fucked. of it. One of the biggest pieces of it is they can bring their people over here. Yeah. They are training them. Just to do that, yeah. I mean, and and, and our laws Nixon, don't apply to them. Nixon got sold to the Chinese for seventeen billion dollars, so they can come over here and bring all their people and run it. Oh, They're yeah. training true, them. True. Yeah. They're training them. They will. Just to go back on that, just to go back on that stat I was saying earlier, seven million people in China every year graduate with uh, with a bachelor degree or higher. And that's almost three times as many as in the U.S. 
the the workforce in the U.S. is about 167 million people. They're projected in a couple of years to have 195 million college graduates in the labor force. College graduates, so not even working people, oh, um, compared to the U.S. What the fuck are those people going to do? Where are they going to go? They're going to go abroad. They're going to go abroad. Yeah, exactly. Africa, Canada, the Arctic. Yep. Yep. I, well, I, I think uh, I think the Middle East uh, refugee crisis may have may have like maybe dampened that. There's a lot of people moving into places where other people want to be right now. Yeah. Iran. There you go. They basically own Africa. The, the yeah, they own Africa too. Africa. Oh yeah. China owns yeah. Africa. They bought it fair and square. It's it's incredible what they're doing over there. Yeah, it's it scary. Yeah. yeah, well, it's because of U.S. consumer demand that China owns Africa. Exactly. Rare earth metals are in Africa. Yeah. Diamonds, the De Beers Diamond Corporation. They Africa own has everything. Yep. I, I love so the uh, ghost city documentaries in, uh, on Chinese cities, you know. Have you ever seen those? Where they build, like, these cities for, like, you know, 400 million people, but they're not filled yet. They're totally empty. Oh yeah, yeah. China, China's playing like the the long game here. They 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 know what they had to do um, over the past 50, 60 years of manufacturing and like basically raping their fucking environment around them um, and positioning themselves now to to kind of move ahead and and pass that along to the to the next country and basically dominate all of Asia. Pacific, um, all all of that area, um, and and they'll be in very good position to do so. Um, they they just they just mm-hmm. uh, uh, scratched their one one child um, policy just the other day. Um, so you can see the whole tone of of their government knows that they need to keep um, population growth to, to to sustain the economy there. Um, they'll continue getting people out of the farms and into cities, and they have those huge ghost towns that you know no one lives in. But they're playing the they're playing the long game. They 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 know where they need to be and where they're going. And their people are used to having fuck all. Exactly. They're not not like the West. So yeah, that's but Glenn, a, that's a that's a massive Glenn, advantage. Glenn, the things you can do with the communist government is 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 beautiful. Um you can pretty much do whatever you want quickly, um cheap and everybody falls in line. And that's that's the probably the, the biggest benefit of, of communism and, and the biggest advantage but it's not. that that has. But it's not communism, it's fascism. Sure. Well, whatever you want to call it, but you, you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's it's fascism. I mean, how is that any different from what the Koch brothers and ExxonMobil want in the U.S.? They'd love to well, have the, it the, the same way. The, the U.S. The U.S. We call it a democracy. It's not. It's a corp, corporate talk. What's it called? What's that word? Corporatocracy. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a corporate yeah, plutocracy. So, yeah, exactly. Think, so what's what's the difference? And I direct back to what Il Duce said: fascism is the marriage of corporations and the state. That's fascism. So that's what China is. That's what the U.S. wants to be. That's what Harper wanted us to be. Fascist. There's no other word for it. Yeah. Basically, sure. at the and, core of it, it is. And, and Glenn, I, I, think, I think 
a lot of the countries and a lot of leaders in power um, and this kind of world struggle going on with who's going to be the next empire, you know, policemen of the world is that type of government. You can do those things easily um, and quickly and you can buy your way um, to your end goal. And that's why it's, it's attractive, you know. You know what's amazing with those, those cities, Nick, is, uh, you know, the first time I, I saw them on, you know, what, some whatever news clip, uh, you know, and, and I think the newscaster was making the point as well. It was kind of like, oh, boy, China really overshot, um, you know, lacking the insight to realize that, that, no, they had actually thought ahead, and this is where they're the equivalent of their baby boomer uh, population is going to move into in the next, uh, and, or now they have started to, and then probably finish up in the next eight to eight to twelve years. Um, so it's basically there's cities. I mean, so they have a baby boomer population um, turning seventy uh, this year or next year that is the equivalent of uh, the population of the United States. That's a lot of people to take care of. Yeah, and um, it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't just that 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 long play. It was also to prop up their economy because the the more manufacturing and construction um, work that was being done on infrastructure, the more China could um, buy materials and prop up their 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 dollar. So it was uh, it was a way of kind of uh, f- fake inflation. Um, they didn't right. need those, those buildings and infrastructure. But it was At a way time, to basically... They knew they would. Well, the whole deal is it was U.S. money that fucking backed it all. Yeah, of course. Sure. You want to know the saddest thing? is um, I, I saw a documentary and I saw a stat on um, the, 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 destruct, the destruction of Detroit and, and the tearing down of the infrastructure there. 70 or 80% of this, the uh, salvaged steel and the scrap steel from Detroit was sold back to China for yep. China to make into their own buildings or products to sell back to the U.S. That is yep. fucked up. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, that, that, that's the sort of cut off your nose to spite your face, you know, uh, economic and, and otherwise policy that, that the United States and, and Harper's government, at least, I don't know much about this new fellow, but it seemed to be absolutely fucking determined to take. And, I mean, the United yeah. States... And, and, and okay. we're, we're, no better, we're no better position. We just signed that deal that Glenn was talking about with the Chinese. They can basically come in and basically Canadian law does not apply to any of their assets or their company or their people. These were like backdoor deals completely signed off for our resources, obviously, because China has a huge uh, checkbook. They were recently here, I think a few weeks ago, meeting with our um, our premier, Kathleen Wynne, behind closed doors, no media, absolutely nothing. And these people are coming in with a huge checkbook and to basically fund and make sure that their middle class and their population is, is taken care of for the next 10, 20 years for all the shit and material and TVs and iPhones that they want to buy. Um, and, 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 and resources and energy. You know, they need it. Well, when you, when you talk about infrastructure being broken down in the West to build new infrastructure in the Far East and the government going along with it, okay, a government that makes those decisions 
is sleeping with corporations. Hence again, that's what a fascist government does. The people are just tools, man. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, like I was talking about, if your union local sucks, kick out the fucking president. It's the same thing all the way up the line. Mm-hmm. Can I Pe- talk about exploiting people, you know, homeless people, please? We've already talked that about that. I'm just fucking around. All right, let's go back. Until, until people want to get together and decide that everybody could do a little better. We don't have to be pals after we're done this, but I think we deserve more to you. Okay, well, let's be fucking teammates for a while till we get rid of all these cocksuckers. You know, that's all it takes, but people won't do it. I mean, it's that's why I compare it to my local. Like, the this, the local for the IBEW I'm in is the largest local in the international. We have over 8,500 members. Mm-hmm. And you better believe that's a wide swath of fucking society. Like, quite often there are brawls in the parking lot after the monthly meeting. Yeah. But, are, but are any of your members, Glenn, in politics? Not enough, because there's yeah. nobody will give them any money. That's a whole yeah. other issue. But, you know, we're all in the same union, though. There are people that hate each other, but we're mm-hmm. all in the same union. We can recognize that bit of cooperation to help everybody in the room. Yeah, and, and the difference now, the difference now, though, from... from in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even when America was first being founded, when the Irish and Italians were coming over, is those unions were represented very well in, in, in on the political stage. And they've lost that presence for a long time now. And without that type of representation, um, it's it's hurting them. I, I don't know why they're trying to get not trying to get back into that and, and basically prop up one of your members to to represent unions because you have you have these fake empty suits who who come up and say I support unions and as soon as they're voted in on the office, fuck it, bottom bottom line, it's all about the dollar and revenue. How can I make things cheaper, save money? Um, well, it's it's just, because my viewpoint. It's, it's because of the decline in membership. Not only well, yeah. is it a, not only is it a lot less money to play uh-huh. in the political arena, but you represent a small a much smaller segment of the population. So yeah. your yeah. automatic base is much smaller, so it's much yeah. harder to get anywhere. And and as you lose those manufacturing jobs and those union type jobs to to overseas, to other countries and and they they decrease here, you the unions to Oh. So, you know, full full cycle. Well, I, I agree. I agree. If people aren't willing to team together for their own survival, then I don't really think we deserve to survive. Yeah. And why the fuck? Why the fuck? Why don't? Why don't we build? Why don't we build stuff in our own country? What, what's What's so unattractive about that? About creating and making amazing things for for society locally to to benefit everybody. When, when the I fuck have no idea when that became ugly, and and I mean I do see a little rebirth of it. Like it, I mean at least 
you know, on a very local level, like with the makers movement and stuff. But I, I'm with you, man. Like, and not only that, like, if you're it's all, all these fucking, people who say tax the rich, you know, regulate this, do that, you know, tax the rich. Are, bullshit. If you are integrated to an office, what do you mean? You know, and you're not programmed to work in an office, um, and and, and then and you get out of it, and then you go do something with your hands and make something, and you actually complete a linear task from A to B. It's incredibly rewarding, and um, we, we we've let like a generation and a half go uh, without feeling the proper emotional reward for that sort of limbic system reward, um, and it's not just that detrimental to our financial base, the lack of manufacturing. Um, there's nothing healthy about going to sit in a cubicle. And when that, when your whole population does that, more or less, um, as, as, as the standard, as the status quo, you're not living mm-hmm. in a healthy society. So wow. I hope that manufacturing will uh, make the movement I don't know. Okay. I don't know how we got around to that, but the whole issue was why is there no new infrastructure? It's it's because it's part of the training process. It's being done to demonstrate to you that government cannot function. We have to privatize everything. That's what it's all about. And is that a Which is problem? Bullshit. <laughs> yes, it is a problem because guess yeah, who totally. gets it all? Guess who gets it all? The people who yeah. are ready for it, the people who yeah. paid for these conditions. There exactly. are no, there Not are no new stuff. players. Okay. There they're, are no new players. They're already propped up. Their their families are already in the game. It's old money. It's it's handshakes, backroom deals. Um, they 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 own the game. They're they're the casino. You know, you're that, um, you know, guy sitting at the roulette table, um, who's going to lose all of his money every time. Um, it, it's the, the, the games. The, the games rigged by them, as, as Glenn said, and privatization just increases increases their odds. Okay. So, what do you think? There is a solution in in this whole circle of things. My solution is try to you know just say screw it. Let's get to local companies and manufacturers. That's what I think. I think a good solution is. I think what you're what you mean by privatization, which means go local, go back to small business, go back to doing you know business on a on a smaller scale um, you know uh how do you compete? you mean like governing at a local level more yeah. power mm-hmm. to them sure well, yeah, yeah that, you can that, say that, that you can that say that but, but you can say that, but you know kinda. Um, what would be considered like uh, loosen taxes? That would be the most important thing for me in my own case, and uh, also you know kind of build up industry inside a local level. Well, yeah, you can you can less you can lower corporate tax in America for sure. You have the highest corporate tax uh, on the planet, but you, you guys need to pay tax. I don't understand why uh, Americans. In particular, so scared of that word. You, you need to pay for the fucking roads and the lights to be kept on, and for your water to be filtered, and for your lights to turn on at home. And you need professional people overseeing these things. You can't privatize those things. These need to be um, owned by society and owned by everyone as a, as an important 
part of, of your daily life. And that's why education, for instance, privatizing education is, is crazy in my opinion. Tons of uh, the, the smartest minds in the world right now and scholars all agree that the education system is is broken and doesn't work. Don't 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 put people through five six years of their life and let out of school with a quarter million dollars of debt. Let's erase that debt. Let's figure out a way to provide free education or publicly funded education or at least much lower uh, cost of education. Yeah. yeah, and then when you graduate, at least you're on a fucking level playing field. You don't have debt. You don't have all this riding on top of you. You have your future ahead of you to contribute to society. Let's have jobs in place for those people. Yeah, and I'm already seeing that right now. Like, right at this very moment, we're already seeing that the internet is a lot better than any other university and or primary schools. So, on on what standards? Whose standards? Standards can go suck a big fat dick. No, no, Glenn, Glenn brings up a point there. You can't, he, yeah, you can't just does. let everybody like the Wild West. No, you know, there, there's still these institutions but the and, and people in, running these things. But the standards for, I mean, but the standards in the prevalent, in the working education system are garbage. They're clear, clearly not judging people for their, accurately for their intelligence. You know, I mean, if you can actually think critically and analytically, you really can't function in the in the contemporary education system barely at yeah, all. And the, and the whole the whole system is 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 fucking insane to me. I I could talk about this for three or four hours because I'm pretty passionate about this this topic. Is we we put we put people through this rigorous, um, so um, segmented and and concrete, you know, just. Everybody goes through like robots basically out and you get this fucking diploma with a massive amount of debt on your shoulder and the only way to pay for that debt is to get a particular job, a white collar job as a manager or sitting in front of a computer and, and that doesn't that doesn't fill all the gaps of a functioning society. Who 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 are the trade people? Who fixed the lights? Who paved the roads and, and things like that? And then also to to have a class of forty kids um, in the same grade at the same time to expect every single one of those individuals to be on the same level of intelligence or ability and, and putting those people through the same grades at the same time is completely ridiculous. Everybody is unique. Everybody progresses at different rates. The, the whole education system in, 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 in a whole is, is completely broken, in my opinion, needs to be fixed. Yeah. And that's true. Oh, okay, and, but uh, you, you said that you know you said that you know the best education isn't available to anybody if they merit it. Well, in the U.S., to merit it, that means money. Yes. So there's already the privatization aspect. The Ivy League schools have been doing this since the Second World War. It's just working mm-hmm. its way through the system. Mm-hmm. If you ha- if you have money, you can be as educated as your mind can handle, and it's not based on merit. It's not based on society's benefit anymore. It's based on the people with money's benefits. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you ta- you talk about online stuff. Everybody's heard about the University of Phoenix, <laughs> the, the biggest yeah. fucking education Fraud. scam the world has yeah. ever seen. Yeah, that's a university for profit. 
uh, along they, with DeFry and, and several other universities. Well, I was going to say scandalous, man. I was like, going to say that really bad. Phoenix makes DeVry look like it's out of somebody's garage. Yeah. Crazy Stack Glenn, and, and I know this, um, Google, um, everybody obviously knows Google, how much money they make. Their, their, their biggest revenue maker is still um, advertising on the Google search, um, the, the Google search engine. The biggest, one of the biggest um, um uh, pairs to Google for advertising is the University of Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. and you know they, that they the spend University hundreds of, of millions. They derive, I mean, they derive a majority of their income from um, from taking people's deposits who never even go go to the school. Well, this yeah. is the um, this is the American way, though. This is why. You guys are eating yourselves. The, the predatory nature of your society has caused the breakdown of your society. They're Listen just to Glenn. Listen to Glenn. Harper's gone and he's separated Canada from the United States. I love I it. mean, the infrastructure Glenn, Glenn, lack... You should. The lack of new bridges is just a symbol of your entire society. I mean, do people... Can people agree on anything in a Western democracy anymore on one thing that everybody no. would benefit from? No. No. And the, and no, and this is and this is kind of scaled way up, like what I was talking with with Dalek about with the, like the tiny home community. How you know how how many fucking people can you put in a well a room before uh, uh, you know it becomes just just a yelling match not a lot yeah. as, as as we all know and, you know and and how can how can you how can you educate your your future generation um by closing down i don't know how many schools that are being closed down in the US and then the teachers paying paying some full-time teachers in elementary and high school i think that $25,000 or $30,000 per annum is a wage and these are the people educating your 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 future that is Fucking crazy. Well, we we did have we had one we had at least one more uh, advanced insidious step um, in sort of the uh, 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 the degradation of our education system through a very um, deliberate uh, cultural move to um, uh, belittle. Um, the job, the role of the teacher, and relegate it to a much more female-dominated um, job. Um, and I'm not saying that females or males are better teachers, but that, but this is how it was done. Um, and becoming a teacher over the course of 20 or 30 years became um, a job that that was solidly middle class and respected. Um, to something that was more looked upon like uh, a daycare, uh, somebody watching over a daycare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, do you guys do you guys uh, ever do you guys ever think the 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 day will ever come where you guys kind of all not not rise up or cause shit or anything like that, but just politically and every everybody unites on the left and right and say we're not going to spend. Um, you know, six hundred and fifty billion dollars 
um, on defense. You know, this year it's it's the most spending of the next ten countries that that you guys spend on military, and you could probably fix a lot of your fucking problems overnight by just flipping that switch off for a second and fucking coming back to reality and saying, let's fix home first and then worry about the world second. I, 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 I don't know. Um, what does it say on, on, on Glenn's profile tagline? Like I came looking for a, a dream. I thought something was there and wasn't like I, I don't know, you know, like how many different uh, how how many different people I have like great relationships on like this little Twitter thing here who can't even be in the same room. So you know, so it's I don't know. Like, can we have we been have we been distracted with enough shiny things now with where our neurology literally cannot sit still enough. To, to fucking shut the fuck up and listen to somebody without interrupting or without thinking of, of the next sentence we're going to fucking vomit on them before we actually listen to what they're saying, you know, because that's what that's what, what is required for cooperation um, and for cohesion, right, is to, is to really listen to somebody um, and, and fucking quieting your brain and saying, shut up, you know, don't react before you let this person say their whole, you know, their whole thing. And, and, and even if you vehemently disagree with it, you know, just, just try to, try to fight back that knee, knee jerk reaction. But everything in this, in, in this country is just yelling and screaming. That's all every, everybody ever, you know, and I don't mean on a personal level, on a familial level, you know, that's clearly not true, but Everything that everybody watches on television, everything that everybody hears on the radio, everything that everybody witnesses on YouTube, it's all yelling and screaming. It's all division. It's yeah. all antagonism. It's all fucking adversarial. Yeah. You, you that, know, there's no civility. That is culture. That right. is well, that is your society. Or the lack of, right? No, it is a society. It's I mean, just culture is sick. It's just very aggressive and ignorant, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if when you talk about the, when are you going to rise up to save the next generations, well, every generation is coming up, and this is their society. This is what they're mm-hmm. learning is okay. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's fucking, it's a grim choice. And it's yeah. going to have to come from the people who are already here, not the people who are coming, because they ain't no, going to yeah. know fucking nothing different. And it's, it's, no. it's hilarious because the, the, the baby boomers often refer to themselves as the greatest generation, and that always, that, that always makes me laugh. I always have a good laugh inside when my, uh, no. when my dad says that. No, you know, and the, these, this is the generation that you know, perpetuated the, the military-industrial complex, uh, destroyed pensions, the environment... Uh, human rights, uh, yep. you know, I, I could go fucking on and on and on, and we grew up in that, and then, you know... But Nick, they won a war, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost one. What what they, war? I think they lost three. Five. No, they I, lost... I, I, I was they lost the one in their backyard. They lost yeah, the war. They did, you certainly didn't win Vietnam, so that, that no, was... No, I, I was talking um, about World War II. I mean, uh, that's, I'm, like... And the baby, boom, the baby boomers have... In the 60s, uh, more 64 to, to uh, 70. 
done more to wreck this world, it must have been the brown acid. But, I mean, take, take even the most, like, hardcore, you know, 60s activists, um, you know, at least who aren't black and, and weren't assassinated, like the weather underground. Every one of those motherfuckers worked either in the academic or the private sector. Well, that's what their life became because that's what they were offered. So, I mean, there, there comes a point of necessity... But I understand what you're saying about time heals all principles. Right, exactly. And, and they and they derive what they did. Well, I mean, don't I forget the powers that be were very smart. I mean, they came close to losing control at the end of the 60s. They made sure that didn't happen again. Yeah. You know? It's it, it is funny, though. I mean, this is... You know, the the Panthers literally got summarily executed, like, one by one. or Well, not just them. I mean, the Chicago Six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was throughout all of society and class. That's what yeah, scared yeah. the shit out of the system. It's everywhere. Also, uh, <laughs> not Waco, but um, the... Uh, the I, I forgot the shooting, the massacre. Uh, Which one? Which not Columbine, not Columbine. Oh, it Kent was um, Ken. Yeah. Kent State. Yep. I, I watched a recent documentary on Kent State that uh, it, it actually uh, I should know who made it, but it, it takes like a pro-statist stance, kind of. Uh, it, it was it was weird. It was no different than a lot of other things that happened in that period of time. Things that happened in Birmingham. Things that yeah. happened at uh, the first black student. That was just how shit was then. And Vietnam right. was on, and any National Guard unit was being trained for combat because they could be called up. So, I mean, those idiots that got sent to Kent State, they weren't, you know, they didn't have the mindset that they were there on a campus. They were in a zone, a war zone, yeah. an engagement yeah. zone. That's what this documentary I watched made the point, you know. I mean, it was kind of playing devil's advocate. It was like a 50-minute documentary about the, the National Guard perspective. Um, wow. That just proves it was a federal government failure with that deployment. Oh, yeah. 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 And also, I mean, think if you're, if you're, if, if you're, if you're uh, you know, disabled or inadequate enough to not go to Nam during those years and you're relegated to the National Guard, you're either rich or you're retarded. Pretty much. Yep. That's where W was. That's where well, that's where he said he was. Mister was doing some cocaine down there in Mexico, I do believe. Hey, I was I was gonna go um, I was gonna go as Bill Cosby for Halloween tomorrow. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, I was gonna have like a, I was gonna have like a, a I was gonna have like a pill bottle and just like hang out hand out pills to all like the girls in the club. Cool. Okay. Are you, you going to grab the chloroform, or it, it, would that be okay? Yeah, I could go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah you okay. You should have yeah, an exaggerated bottle of chloroform and uh, and uh, rohypnol. Yeah, uh, keep count of how many horny guys ask you if you know where you can buy any roofies. And then roofie the fuck out of them. Give them, like, nine. Do people, kill, keep, do people still call them roofies? Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Is that, that's they, like what my, that's like what my old man used to call them. 
Oh, it's just yeah, like they, quaaludes always be lewds, man. But lewds are gone. I mean, you can every once in a while find a lewd, but they're pretty much gone. Do they, I mean, do they still yeah. make uh, Rohypnol for anything medical? Lewds, quaaludes and shit, they stopped manufacturing a long time ago. That's why they're so yeah. uh, they're so wanted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do that just between the four of us. I, I, I bought a few lemons off of Silk Road back in the day. It was pretty sweet. They came. Yeah, rohypnol is still used in veterinary medicine, so it's out there. What oh, the yeah. fuck are quaaludes anyways? Like, what kind of buzz do you get on uh, quaaludes? Downers. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's a, it's all, it's almost like a ketamine, like a disassociative uh, uh, tranquilizer. <laughs> what the fuck? Why do? Why do people want to take that shit? Like, why do you want to be <laughs> fucking down? It's like a, just fucking sit there like a vegetable. Immobility, well, man. They don't Fuck they that. don't work like that on me. I get all fired up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no there's no narcotic up or down or whatever that put, puts me like down. I suggest you, if, I suggest you try heroin. No, I would rather not. You want it? That'll bring you down. That'll bring you down. I heard I heard though, Glenn. It's like the it's like the greatest feeling ever. Like. You, you can't, you can't like the human body can't experience more pleasure than than heroin. I, now I, I can't speak to uh, banging it to shooting it, but it, as far as uh, snorting it, I, I I think that that's a romanticized version. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, yeah. but like I said, I I be, I mean I I, I you know I I have people I know who say I be Tylenol is the way to go. Like, well, I mean, I mean, I'm being facetious, but like, I mean, that's the straight, that's the straight way to the, uh, you know, blood-brain barrier. So I guess it's a different level, but um, I think a mild opiate buzz is is uh, is lovely. Um, you're always going to run into huge issues with tolerance if you try to make it a lifestyle, um, and that's a yeah. no-win. That's just a dead end road, and well, yeah, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's the problem I mean, of it, it, right? The de- the dependency on it. Like, if you could yeah, do that shit like casually, it'd probably be the most amazing fucking thing in your life. But you, you do it a couple times, and you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, like tolerance is a bitch, man. You know, there's no well, no be- no beating it. Well, you just oh, can't you just can't get carried away, man. I mean. I don't know how many people and doctors kept wagging their finger in my face when I was taking morphine after my accident. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like, get your fucking finger out of my face, man. You know, and everybody was warning me. But, I mean, when the time came, I just fucking stopped. That's it. I were, they still try, have... were they trying to push Oxy on you all the oh, time? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. But, I mean, I've still got eight... Morphine pills left, and they'll sit here for who knows how fucking long. No, no, I'll DM you my address. You know, and I mean, the reason I let them sit there is because there may be one Sunday or a day I can't go to work, and I'll just figure, you know what, I'm checking out today. And I'll take two of them, and I'll have a great fucking time. And then that's it. You know, after after this time, like I mean, I, I even though we have never met face to face, I I do know you a bit, and 
uh, I, I pretty much would have would have bet you know my dime against anybody's dollar that you you would have had the you know the discipline just like you did to get off of them. I was on uh, oxy for three years, ninety milligrams a day. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, for my for my back and uh, uh, you know, a couple times went a, went a little over, uh, but with the help of my wife, kept kept it pretty tamed. But uh, I tell you, the first you know probably three four months that I that I took them, I had zero symptoms of anxiety, depression, anything. You know, like. Yeah, if tolerance wasn't an issue, if they could figure out how to, you know, replenish your dopamine receptors, you know, quick enough, it would be a fantastic antidepressant. Um, but it's just not. But see, this is this is another issue. That's why all the organic drugs are illegal, but pharmaceuticals <laughs> are legal because you know if they wanted to make strong opiates synthetically that did not addict people, they could. Sure they could. But they won't. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, That's in, in fact, they have a synthetic opiate yes, called is, is, your, is, is the ability of ph- pharmaceutical companies to, to advertise and the amount of lobbying that they do <laughs> and, and the um, U.S. citizens that are prescribed either psychotropic drugs or on some type of um, SSRD, I think it's called, or inhibitors. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's absolutely fucking crazy. And Glenn's right; <laughs> they can manufacture these drugs without side effects of of dependency and things like that. Ox, OxyContin and and those types of synthetic morphine or heroin type drugs are basically basically fucking designed in laboratories to be the most potent form of, of heroin and, and, and people take it and you're instantly hooked. It's, it's like, it's, it, it's, a, it's a perfect fucking scheme and, and scam for them. And, and the whole like war on drugs and shit like that. And the reason marijuana is, is illegal is because you can fucking grow it in your backyard. How are they going to yep. make money off of that? Yep. It's unbelievable. The, 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 um, since we're on this topic, what's what's with the war on drugs, man? Like, what the fuck? That is well, crazy. It's, it's an it's another racket. Yeah, it's yeah. another racket. Like we we you know Eisenhower warned, warned us about the war industrial complex. You know, what I guess a lot of people didn't see coming was that was really the the template, the business model template for yeah a, a, any yeah. any you know amalgam of of businesses that you know, made up an industry that, that you know, became together. Well, uh, the thing is, it's still sold as the war on drugs because that allows it to not be called what it really is. And it's domestic oppression. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just a long-term exercise to operate your military within your own borders and mm-hmm. people don't get upset. And also, it's yeah. kind of like the same thing with prohibition. Well, yeah. prohibition's all about the money. Right. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, this is prohibition, right? And I mean, and like, now, the, and, it's and, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but prohibition is something you enact. 